0: All right. We'll do this example real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll do the you know do the big thing. All right. We want to find the critical points of this function. All right. So again, we'll find the derivative. Okay. This time, the derivative is what? Well, this is the quotient rule. All right. So remember the quotient rule: the denominator times the derivative of the numerator minus the numerator times the derivative of the denominator over the denominator squared. All right? All right. So that's what? x minus 1, right? minus x minus 2 over x minus 1 squared. All right? So that's what x minus x is zero x's. So we have negative three over x minus one squared. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what are we going to do for critical numbers now? Well, what happens? The derivative equals zero. Right. That's one type of critical number. Right. A fraction is zero if the numerator is zero, and the denominator is not zero. So, negative three, though, is not equal to zero, and there's nothing x can do to make it equal to zero. So, we have none of this first type of critical number. And what about the other, the second type of critical number? Well, that's what, the derivative does not exist. Right, well, when will that derivative not exist? Well, if the denominator is equal to 0, which means what? x minus 1 is equal to 0, which means what? x is equal to 1, right? But what about x equals 1? It's not in the domain of the function, right, right? The domain of this function is what? X can't be, whoops, X can't be 1, right? So this is not in the domain. So it's sort of, we struck out on both types. The derivative equals 0, we didn't get any. The derivative does not exist. We got what we thought might be a critical number, but... That number was not in the domain, and so it's not a critical number either for this function. And so this particular function has no critical points at all, just none. All right? All right. So now, now that we've had practice... Finding critical points, you might be saying, well, okay, I can find them, but what do I do with them? right, and I go back to the theorem, the extreme value theorem, right, which said what? Remember the extreme value theorem? I'll just write it again real quick. Extreme value theorem, this is of a little bit ago, right? It said what? If f of x is a continuous function, on a closed interval, then what? Do you remember? Continuous function, right? No jumps, no holes. On a closed interval means what? Has both of its endpoints, yes? Then what? Then f of x has both a maximum and a minimum, right? All right, and what we're going to do now is talk about how to find the maximum and minimum for a continuous function on a closed interval. Okay, so this is the procedure. This is the procedure for finding The maximum and minimum, okay, of what? Of a continuous function on a closed interval. Okay, so I'll call the closed interval AB. Right. I'll use our favorite f of x for the function, all right. and here's the, the procedure. First, you evaluate f of a, right, the function at the left end, all right, and f of b, the function on the right end. Okay. Then you find the derivative. Okay. You find all critical numbers. Okay. What are the critical numbers? Well, we just went through it, right? That's what? Derivative equals 0, or derivative does not exist, all Right. Then the fourth step is find all critical points. Okay, remember critical points? All you have to do is what? Find the y value Associated with each of the critical numbers. Right? All right. And then the fifth step, right? We're we're pretty much done. The largest y value, right, among f of a, f of b, And the critical points, right, the largest y value is the maximum. Okay? And where do you think the minimum is? Well, right, the smallest y value. is the minimum. All right, so now we'll do a couple of examples and everything will come together and uh, and you'll hopefully understand this. All right, let's look at an example or two.